Let's say good morning to our science expert, Dan Riskin. It is Test Tube Thursday. Nice to have you, sir. Nice to talk to you. How are you doing? I'm okay. Okay, so you and I are going to have to beat each other to the finish line to get to the word coulorophobia, um, <laughs> which is the, you win. Yeah, it's the fear of clowns. I don't know that I'm afraid of clowns. I just, I've never liked them. I hated them in the Cirque du Soleil, and I still can't forget a bunch of guys from the Rotary Club who showed up dressed as clowns once on a broadcast, and it just freaked me out. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you're prepared for clowns and sometimes you're not. And there's a big difference between it, you know, the the clown that lives in the sewers and calls kids to come play with balloons and stuff, and then Ronald McDonald, which is, you know, like not supposed to be scary at all, but for a lot of people still evokes uh, emotions of fear. And so researchers wanted to know just how widespread this is because it's kind of like a punchline. Everybody always says, oh, yeah, clowns, they're the scariest, right? But yeah. are people really scared of clowns? So they did a survey. They surveyed about a thousand people uh, between 18 and 77, so a whole range of ages. And more than half of people say they're scared of clowns to at least some degree. So 53.5%, so just over half, said, yeah, they freak me out. And But 5% said extremely afraid of them. And that 5% stands out because it is higher than other things like spiders. 5% is a pretty significant number. So they, they followed up with the people who said they were scared of clowns to try to dig and find out what it is about clowns that scare them. And, and the big basic one is this eerie sort of unsettling feeling that they don't quite look right. Like they, they look human, but not quite human. And this is something that researchers call the uncanny valley. And it's when some, like if something looks like a cartoon, it's not scary. And if something looks right, it's not scary. But if something looks a little off and towards cartoon, but not quite cartoon, it's just in this, what they call the uncanny valley. It's this creepy sort of space. And a lot of clowns exist in that place where their eyebrows just aren't where they're supposed to be. And the smile's a little wrong and just, it just doesn't quite look right. And so that's one of the things that evokes these emotions. And then there's also the idea that, you know, they're wearing makeup, so you can't really tell what their actual facial expression is, um, you know, things like that. But very, in very few cases, is it a negative? negative experience with a clown. It's just something psychological that a lot of us build up over time. Yeah, okay. Well, one, one of my issues is most clowns use white face makeup, which makes mm -hmm. the yellowness of their teeth that much more disturbing. Oh, that is not on the list in the paper, but that is a very good point. And actually, when I just form a mental image of it, uh, I think that is one of the things that stands out is the teeth are, are definitely a different color from the, the white skin. So yeah, that's, that is creepy, John. Good morning. <laughs> so um, I was seeing this yesterday as a news story, and I thought, do these people not watch movies? Do they not consume television? There's a 48,000-year-old virus in the permafrost, and they're going to revive it? Yeah, well, no, they they have, and so what they've what these researchers are trying to do is just try to assess how realistic those movies are, and so they're not trying to bring to life like smallpox that they're finding up there or anthrax or anything like that because those things are up there and they're frozen so so the idea is that there are a whole bunch of bad things that have been on our planet over the last centuries and some things have died because of those bad things and are frozen in the permafrost but they don't decompose they're just frozen and so as the permafrost thaws though those dead bodies or dead animals or whatever or you know they come back uh, into being thawed and all the viruses and things that are in those bodies then have the opportunity 
opportunity to come back into circulation. And so how big a threat is that? And researchers have really been sounding the alarm on this, saying, you know, this is one of the worst things, or potentially the most dangerous things about climate change uh, for humans. Um, and so they have not been trying to bring smallpox back to life or anthrax. What they've been doing is picking viruses that they know aren't going to hurt people and then trying to bring those back to life as a proof that viruses that have been frozen for 40,000 years can be brought back to life. So they've got viruses that infect amoebas and don't infect people. Mm. And they have successfully brought those back to life. So um, you can't get mad at the scientists for, for doing these kinds of experiments because what they're doing is they're just showing that this is all possible in a way that does not increase the risk for people at all. But um, there have just, you know, like they've gotten, uh, there's a woman who was exhumed in 1997 from the permafrost and she had uh, a flu uh, virus in her lung that's the same flu from the 1918 pandemic. Um, a 300-year-old mummified woman in Siberia had uh, the, the smallpox virus. Um, there was a, a case uh, in Siberia in 2016 where a whole bunch of reindeer died because of anthrax, that, which is a virus, uh, which uh, came out of the soils there and infected a bunch of reindeer. So this is a problem, uh, but the scientists studying it aren't making it more dangerous, I promise. So there's new research apparently or new intelligence about NFL players and uh, concussion symptoms. And this has been a growing issue. And the worst part of it is that some of these individuals in sport develop um, dementia and you can only study it after they're dead. Yeah, yeah. The the darks. I don't know, man. I, the, for me, this has made football really hard to watch because when I see those people, like when I was a kid, I remember seeing like a big hockey hit or a big football hit. I loved it, right? That was like you know, rock'em sock'em. It was so fun. And now every time I see it, I cringe because I can see not just that they're going to get hurt on the day, but they're going to be these long term effects. And so this is a study of 350 former NFL players uh, looking at how their cognitive performance looks after retirement, even up to like. 30 years after retirement and those who they filled out a survey and those who had concussions when they played uh, have lower cognition now and so it, it basically their brains don't work as well if they got bumped in the head a bunch of times when they were playing and they showed this really robustly across a whole bunch of players and so it just really shows that you know if they get their bell rung during a game that's something that can stick with them for their whole lives and yeah the i mean the the, the sort of extreme case is dementia as you talk about but even just a lower ability got lower cognition for the rest of their lives. It's really a, a huge price to pay for a couple of fun games. And, and so it really calls into question the, the whole sport. I hate to be a sourpuss, but yep. it really does. Dan, thanks a lot. Good to have you. Yeah, thank you. Dan Riskin, our News Talk 1010 science expert. And yeah, there are some people who talk about football as it is today, kind of like smoking as it was in the 1960s. And that one day we'll say, what the heck were we thinking? But I have a feeling there's so much money in football and such a passion for football that we'll just continue to have people play and die young and die of brain damage.